Okay, if you would take your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start again in verse 1, but I'm going to, this morning I'm going to read down through verse 8. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that, whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. The title of the message this morning is simply, A Walk of Faith. A Walk of Faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your word. And Lord, I pray that as we pause before you this morning, I pray that we'd, you'd help us to fix our mind and our hearts upon you and what you would have for us, that we allow the Spirit of God to teach us, to instruct us, to convict us, convince us of his truth that he has given to us in your word. Help me give wisdom and preaching. Pray that it be a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Living by faith to the person of the world is preposterous. It is considered contrary to nature, reason, or common sense. Absurd. Senseless. Utterly foolish. That's what preposterous means. Before times, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Back at 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. And here in verse 7, Paul simply says, We walk by faith, not by sight. What is a walk? Well, a walk is a, a procession. It speaks of a journey or a pilgrimage. The Bible says in Genesis 5.22 that Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. He walked with God. In other words, it speaks of a progression, a journey to somewhere. Now, as we think about this walk of faith this morning, I'm going to consider particularly two things, and if I get time to the third one, we'll, we'll get there. But, but first of all, it is a walk of confidence. Though it is faith, 
It's not sight. It is a walk of confidence. Again in verse 6, Therefore we are always confident, and notice this next phrase, knowing that. Knowing that. Whilst we are at home with the body, we are absent from the Lord. In this passage, this letter to the church of Corinth, of course, the Spirit of God is directing Paul to write things that he can about things that he cannot see with his eyes. He can't lay his hands on them. Yet he speaks of these things as certain as if they were visible and as if he had his hands hold of them. As if they were presently here. Notice in verse 1 he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We know this. We are confident of this. For in this, this body we groan. This is the one we see, the one we feel. But we know if, if this is put off, we have one we want to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. No, he didn't say, you know, if we, if we shed this one, we might get another from heaven. He didn't say that. He said, which is from heaven. Is from heaven. Verse 3 says, we shall not be found naked. In other words, we won't be found without a body. When we die and leave this body, we're not going to be found without a body. God's children will not be without a body. Confident, verse 6, knowing that. Verse 8 again, he says, we are confident, I say. Confident. The word confident means to be of good courage, to be hopeful, to be bold. Paul was bold in making these statements because he had assurance of them. He was certain of those things. To know or knowing means it is well known. It is, it is acknowledged. It's well known. You remember when Paul was before Festus and the Jews were accusing him of being causing insurrection and all kinds of things. And, and Festus, because he favored the Jews, said, would well, you go to Jerusalem to be tried there? And this is what Paul said to him. Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. The Jews I have done no wrong, as thou very well knowest. You very well know this. This is well acknowledged that this is true. And this, this is what he's saying here. This is very well known. In Acts 26, he's before King Agrippa, and he says, For the king knoweth of these things, before whom I must speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. He, when he was speaking to Agrippa, he was testifying about the resurrection of Christ. And he said, this thing wasn't done in a corner. This is well known. And I know that King Agrippa, I know you know this. You see, this is a confidence, and this confidence that we can have in the Word of God, and this confidence is fruit of the presence of God in the life of one who has been truly born again. Verse 5 says, Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God. Of course, this confidence or this presence of God requires two things. Stayed for us very clearly in Acts 20, 21, where Paul said, Testifying both to Jews and also to the Greeks, Repentance toward God and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If we're going to have this kind of confidence, if we're going to have this kind of assurance, if we're going to know these things, have that knowledge in us, indwelled in us, it requires that we have a relationship with the Lord. And that requires repentance toward God. To repent means that is a change of mind by which we turn from something. To turn from something. If a person's trusting in baptism for their salvation, they'd repent of that. They'd turn from it. In a prayer that maybe one prayed in VBS or, or, uh, or after some well-meaning parent pressured you. How often do we hear, we go out in visitation from, from good people and they'll say something like this. Well, I hope so. Or I think so. A lot of Southern Baptist people, that's what they say. That's what a lot of Catholics say. Well, I hope so. I think so. And then they start to talk about what all they're doing. That's usually the next thing. They start talking about, well, you know, I'm a good person. I do good to my neighbor. Just talking to a man on Friday. And that's what he's trusting in. I'm a good neighbor. I don't never treat anybody wrong. I help people out. Uh, you know, and, 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 uh, well, you know, I, I, I go to church regularly. I, once I said, I'm, I've been the music director. I, I work with the youth and, and we can go on and on and on and on and on. All those things are idols if that's what you're trusting in to get you to heaven. They're all idols that need to be repented of. Well, I prayed this prayer. Well, you need to repent of that. That prayer ain't going to save you. You Catholics need to repent of their teachings that they were taught, that they believed in. Uh, we need to, you know, people need to repent of all these things they're trusting in. They're idols. You know, Psalm 119, two times in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 104 says, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. You know, a way is a path. And Jesus says there is a way that's, the, the proverb says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the path, if you will, to God. It's a person. Psalm 119, 128, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. You, know, you can't hang on. You can't, can't repent toward God and hang on to false ways. You either serve God or mammon. And, you know, I hate easy believism. I hate Catholic church doctrine. I didn't say I hated Catholics, because I do not. But I hate Catholic church doctrine. I hate a lot of Baptist doctrines. This evilism is damning a lot of souls to hell. People into thinking they are saved when they are not. You know, this is, this is, these things are an offense to God and must be repented of. There's a lot of hero worship and fundamentalism. 
just as there's saint worship in the Catholic Church. You know, that ain't anything new. The Catholics didn't invent that. In fact, go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. You know, we like to point fingers at the Catholics for their saint worship. But I believe there's a lot of saint worship in Baptist churches. Man followers. John the Baptist, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. You see, they were trusting in Abraham. That was saint worship. They were trusting in the fact that they were the descendants of Abraham. And he said, you need to repent of that. You repent of it. See, repentance means we change our mind about our ways of reaching God and turn from them and trust God. There's repentance toward God. There's faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. If you notice again verse 5 of our text, it says, He that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God. You know, salvation is in God, or Christ the Lord, and Him alone, plus nothing. John 1, 12 and 13 tells us, uh, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of man, not, I'm sorry, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, when it says not of blood, again, you don't inherit it from, it's not passed down from generation to generation. John the Baptist told those Pharisees, being Abraham's children does not benefit you in this matter. Now, there were benefits of being Abraham's children. To them was given the oracles of God, the word of God. They had certain, certainly had benefits, but those things did not save them if they did not trust in God alone. So it's not passed down from generation to generation, nor is it the will of the flesh. It cannot be earned. There's nothing I can do to earn it. Nor is it the will of man. No man or no other person can give it to me or take it away from me. I don't care what the Pope says. He can't give you salvation. The Catholic Church can't give you salvation. No Baptist Church can give you salvation. It is of God and God alone. The only help a man can give you is to instruct you concerning these things. That's it. Just like Philip instructed the Ethiopian eunuch. But the Ethiopian eunuch had to receive it for himself. John 17, in his prayer to his father, the Lord Jesus says, Thou hast given him power over flesh, 
that he should, he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Titus chapter 3, verse 4, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It's all of grace. All of the grace of God. And when God gives you eternal life, the life of himself, the life of God, you will know it. And a walk of faith will show in a, and here's the second thing, a willing. It is also a willing walk. Notice verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. A walk of faith is a willing walk. You know, God made us as what we call in, in, in doctrine free moral agents. In other words, God given us the power to choose. And, and so this walk of faith is a willing walk. God never forced anybody to follow him. The word willing means it seems good to one is one's good pleasure. In other words, it's, it's your good pleasure to follow God or it's your good pleasure to not follow God. God gives you that choice. So it's your good pleasure to think it good, choose, determine, decide. It's your decision. Paul said in Galatians 1.15, But it will please God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. You see, it is allowing the Lord to determine the direction of and the termination of my journey here. It is to acknowledge it is the Lord who gives life and it is His right to determine my time here and how it is used and when my time is finished. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul, in writing to the church at Philippi, in Philippians 1, verses 21 to 24, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I choose, I what not. In other words, it's not for me to choose. I I choose it, but I am choosing whatever God's will. It's not for me to determine whether I go to be with the Lord or I stay here and live to help you. That's what he's saying. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. See, this is what true repentance looks like in shoe leather. We give control of our life to God and let Him direct it and determine the destiny of our life here on earth. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us on the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And your purpose and plan is different from everyone else in the world. You read through the Bible, and there are some wonderful saints of God that didn't live very long, that had their lives taken. 
Stephen was a man full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit of God was upon him. And yet his life was snuffed out early in his life. You see, God's, it's God's to determine that. But you know, out of that death of Stephen came the Apostle Paul. God knew all that. God knew all that. It's his own purpose and grace. And Paul would say in Galatians 2, 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the greatest example of this, a willing walk in the Bible, the greatest example, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 8, 29, he said, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And yet in the garden, he prayed, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You know, we have many imperfect examples in the Bible also. Examples like us. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Let me give you one. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. And verse 31, I'll pick up verse 31, says, And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son. And Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them of Ur the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. They came into Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now I want you to think, look at this next verse very carefully. Now the Lord had said unto who? Abram. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kingdom and from thy father's house. Who was his father? Terah. Do you know what Terah means? Terah means delay. Abraham was delayed by his father. The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee. Not to Haran, or not to Terah, but to Abram. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. You see, Terah, Abram's father, was a, was a tactic to delay him from God's purpose. So you know what? God had to continue to nudge Abraham. Come on, come on. Come on, obey me. Obey me. Do my will. Be a willing vessel. You see, when a person is born again, the Spirit of God takes up residence in that life. And He, being God, instills in us a will, a desire, a determination a delight in 
God's will or God's purpose for our life. And he also instills a, the power or the source to do that which is pleases the Lord. That's what it means in Philippians 2.13, for it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will. In other words, it gives you desire, gives you determination, gives you a delight in doing that which pleases the Lord. So he, he gives you the, both the will and to do, or that's the idea of the word energo there, where we get our word energy, that's the power source. God is the power source to give us the, the, the abilities and the courage to do that which pleases Him. And so when, 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 when a person is, repents of their sin and puts their faith and trust in Christ, the Spirit of God, God takes up residence in the person of the Spirit of God, and it is He that gives us this will or this desire, this determination, and gives us the power to do it. It's like a good parent that commands their child to obey. You know, I never thought about this before. Kevin Jones was here a few years ago. And I don't even know what the context was. But he said, I don't ask my children to do things for me. I tell them what to do. I command them. He said, we're supposed to command our children. That's what the Bible says about Abraham. He commanded his household after him. And a good parent will command their children. They're like they're under your authority. Does God say, honey, would you please? No, he doesn't. He commands us. And his commandments are not grievous. You know, we, ought to, we ought as parents, we ought to command our children. We ought to command them. We are their authority. And a good parent will command their child to obey to learn, and to work, etc., etc., etc. And if that is instilled in you from, from little up, that will never leave you. I mean, I'm 58 years old. I know that sounds silly, but sometimes I haven't even have dreams about things my dad told me to do. It's still with me. It's still with me. He's instilled in us a work ethic. You're to earn your living. Where did I get that? From him. He commanded it. And if we are willingly walk, this willing walk, by the way, is fed by a steady diet of the bread of life. This willing walk is fed by a steady diet of the, of the bread of life. This is, where, this is where the Bible commands us. This is where he instructs us in this book. The bread of life. Jesus called it the bread of life. It is the word of God that encouraged and emboldened Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1. You know, we think, well, Joshua is just a great warrior. No, he wasn't. I mean, he was, but it wasn't of him. The power wasn't of him. Uh, he got his courage from God. Joshua 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people under the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. 
Notice, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even of the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and of the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Why did God have to tell Joshua three times, be of good courage? Because he didn't have courage. I mean, the one he looked to lead is dead. He's gone. Now all the responsibility is on him. And the Lord said, Just as I was with Moses, I will be with thee. Not a man will be able to withstand thee all the days of thy life. Be of good courage. I will be with thee. So where did Joshua get his courage? came from the Lord. And he said you to meditate day and night in the Word of God. Why? Because every day he needed more courage. He needed a new courage for a new day. You see, if you want to have a willing walk, this willing walk is fed by a daily diet of the bread of life. Where did Gideon get his courage? You know, he was like Chicken Little hiding from the Midianites over there in, in, a, in a cave, uh, you know, thrashing out some wheat. He was afraid. But the word of God came to him. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of Midianites. Have not I sent thee, thou mighty man of valor? Okay, he's thinking... Who's he talking to? He said, I'm talking to you. You see, this willing walk is fed by a daily diet from the bread of life. Psalm 119.9, Where was all shall a young man cleanse his way, but taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Uh, this is my comfort, my affliction. Thy word hath quickened me. It has given me life. Psalm 90, 19, 93. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Again, given me life. Uh, Psalm 119, 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Psalm 19, 130. The answer thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. You know, Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you want to increase your faith? It's by the word of God. 
Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the divided asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Jeremiah 23.29 said, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? You know, this, this book has the power to break up your stubborn pride. It has the power to put away your anger. It has the power to put away your laziness and give you a work ethic. It has the power to clean up your tongue. But you have to feed on it. You have to feed on it. And this willing walk is fed by a daily time in the bread of life. You know, it'll give... It'll give wisdom to the simple, courage to the fearful. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, Psalm 19.7. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It'll clean your life. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and honeycomb. Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You see, but for the word of God to effectually work in your life, you must read it, you must study it, you must listen to it preached, and you must obey it. There is nothing more important in a Christian's life than spending time in the word of God. Nothing. Because spending time in the Word of God is spending time with God. Because that's where God reveals Himself to us. He is the Word. He is the Word. You're letting Him talk to you. Prayer is you talking with Him. Call that communication. You know, it's more important than your career. More important than your children. It's more important than your education. It's more important than you eating every day. Job said, I've esteemed his word more than my necessary food. What was Job saying? The word of God takes precedence over everything else. Every other necessity for this life, the word of God takes precedence over it. You know, as parents, we have a responsibility to see to it that our children spend time in the word of God. You know, a lot of things in life are just a habit. You know, I've heard all kinds of reasons why people can't spend, can't spend time in the Word of God. I'm really busy. Got time for movies? They're just vain. To watch the news? Listen to talk radio? Got time to eat? Let me ask you a question. Do you like to have approval? 
Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that said, would say, I don't, I don't look for approval in anything. I don't care. I don't care if nobody approves of me. Uh, I just don't care. Do you want God's approval? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved. You know, I fear that too often we are ashamed to witness because we don't know our subject well enough. And our subject is not the Romans road. That's why we have a lot of false professions in Baptist churches. Our subject is God. Our subject is God. And how a man or woman can have a relationship with a holy God. How many people in the world today know that God is holy? Not very many. In fact, the average Christian in the Baptist church would have problems explaining basic Bible doctrines. You know, why is it so many young people grow up in church and after high school go to the world? It's because they can't defend their faith. And they get out in the world, and the world chews them up and spits them out. Because they don't know their God. Because they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. See, too many young people don't know their God. Too many professing Christians really don't know their God. They can't, they can't have an honest debate in a public forum and defend their God. Because they don't really know Him. Get beyond the Romans road and they're lost. They really don't know what they believe or why they believe it. They don't really know that God is holy either or why, or, or you can't explain why He is holy. They just heard that He is. How do you explain the holiness of God and man's sin? The law explains it very well. See, we hear a lot of preaching about the Bible, but not much preaching of the Bible. Let me define that. You know, preaching about the Bible is you just pick a topic and build a sermon on it with lots of interesting stories to prop it up. But if you're going to preach the Bible, you're going to take a paragraph like I'm doing this morning and you're going to ex- interpret it in its context and you're going to explain it and then make application to life. That's preaching the Bible. I was told by a school principal who was a member of church in Maine about a pastor who preached a message about re-rewards. There's a word in the Bible that's spelled R-E-R-E-W-A-R-D-S. It's the pronounced correct pronunciation is rearward, but he pronounced it re-rewards. It's used in 
Isaiah 58, where it says, Then shall thy light break forth, that's the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go forth, go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward, or he pronounced it re-reward. And he built a message about the fact that we can expect rewards for our rewards. Extra rewards. Well, he didn't fool the school teacher. Because the word rearward, that's how you properly pronounce it, means rear guard. Has nothing to do with rewards. But you know, people, people preach all the time, pick out something out of the scripture and build a message on it when it's not the context. And wonder why people don't know their God. And you might say to me, well, Pastor, there's so much I don't understand. Welcome to the club. There's a lot in the Bible I still don't understand. And I've read it through over 60 times. It used to bother me some, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Because this is what I figured out. If I just keep reading it and keep listening and keep thinking about it, and comparing Scripture to Scripture, you know, by and by, I began to understand those things I didn't understand. Let me give you an illustration. Did you ever read Ezekiel chapter 1 where it says, the wheels in the middle of the wheels, and it turned with us every, every way, and there were eyes before and behind, and it was like every creature, there was a calf, there was a lion, there was a leopard. You know, and, had, and thinking, what in the world is that? And I would read that. Wow, that's I don't know. That's just I don't know what that is. Well, somewhere along the way, it's right here in North Carolina. I heard a message about the wheels and these eyes. And he says that's an illustration of the sovereignty of God. God can turn every way. He can see everything. He sees before. He sees behind. He sees to the left. He sees to the right. And, and the message to Ezekiel was, Ezekiel, no matter where you are taken, I am there. Because I am the sovereign God. I see everything. I know everything. Whether you're taken to Babylon, captive to Babylon, or you're translated to to Jerusalem in a vision, or you're set down in the middle of the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37. He said, I am there. I am God. I know your situation. I see you. I am with you. And friend, when you are in the Word of God daily, and meditate and think in the promises of God, you're going to be reminded over and over again, the Lord is a present help in trouble. Though the earth be removed, I shall not fear. Because you're going to find out that God is everywhere. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He will never forsake His own. He is the good shepherd that will leave the 99 and go out on the mountains wide and bare seeking that lost sheep. That's why Paul would say in 2 Timothy 4, All men forsook me, but the Lord 
stood with me. And here's, here's another interesting thing. You know, Stephen, Stephen, while he was being sown in Acts 7, 56, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. What the Bible tells us is that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But Stephen said, I saw him standing. And Paul says, the Lord stood with me. You see, when you get into the Word of God, you're going to find out when you draw near to God, God's going to stand with you and for you. And you will not be afraid. He'll stand with you. You spend time with the Lord and He'll stand with you. Draw nigh to God, He will draw nigh to you. You see, if we want to have this willing walk, we've got to have a daily diet of the bread of life. A daily diet. And that will give us Assurance and confidence, knowing that the Lord will stand for us. He'll stand for us. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 says, If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And friends, that sword is the word of God. Revelation 19.15 says, Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Thirdly, this walk is a walk of living for that we cannot see. Verse 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 6, 9 says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And see, Noah walked with God, and you know what Noah did? He embraced things that he had never seen. God says it's going to rain. He had never seen rain. It had never rained before. Rain. What's rain? I mean, God said the fountains of the deep are going to be broken up and the windows of heaven are going to open up and pour out. You know, it's going to, we, we say it's going to rain cats and dogs or it's going to rain buckets. That's what it did. God said it's going to rain buckets. Noah says, i never seen it before, but I believe it. Because my God said so. And because he believed it, he built an ark. And everyone that believed it went into the ark. They went into the ark. And they were delivered from the judgment of Almighty God. Hebrews 9, 27, 28 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto the salvation. You know, God told world Noah and the world, he told the world through Noah, he was going to judge them for their sins. He was going to destroy them. The wage of sin was death even back then. The wage of sin is death and hell. But God also offered a way to escape that judgment by faith. 
You repent of your wicked ways and you turn to God, you believe God and you enter into the ark and you will be saved from this judgment. You know, God is going to judge every person for their sin. Or He has already judged you. If you are saved this morning, your sin's already been judged, paid for. Sin must be judged. But God offers to pay your sin debt and deliver you from that judgment. And of course, that payment is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the ark of deliverance from the judgment to come. It's something we receive by faith. It's not something we see with our eyes. We receive it by faith. By faith. Are you walking by faith? Do you know in your heart that you have been born again by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have the witness of the Spirit, the desire in your heart to serve God? To please God. Desire that pleases Him. You have that assurance this morning. Are you walking by faith?